There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This is Pastor Rob Chambers of Reedtown Community Church in Newport, Tennessee. It is our earnest hope and prayer that something will be said or done through word or song that will be a blessing to your heart. We're going to trust in God. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with the 24th verse. Very familiar scripture to most of you, I'm sure. What is the 11th chapter of Hebrews called? The faith chapter. Beginning with the 24th verse. Hebrews chapter 11. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. I want us to look at the 26th verse. Take our idea for this morning, what God would have us to bring before you. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. You said it, Uncle J.D., in Sunday school class this morning. A lot of times when you bring God's Word, you cannot preach, you cannot teach higher than the lowest that's in the group. You've got to preach to the Christian that was just born into the kingdom yesterday. Now when you read that verse, if you're not very careful, you're going to scratch your head and say, what is he talking about? What is the writer talking about? I don't understand that verse. That is what my job and responsibility as pastor is this morning when I bring this message to you to break this down and to tell you what it is that God is trying to pass to us. What he's saying in this verse is that Moses thought it was better to suffer the consequences of following the Lord God Jehovah than to revel in the treasures and the pleasures of Egypt. Now I'll give you an example. We can't relate to what Egypt was like then. We can't understand how rich and how fortunate Moses was in that station to be a son of Pharaoh. We can think about we don't understand kings. We can think about to be a son or a daughter of a president. It's not the same thing. To have the power, the money, the acclaim. There was nothing, nothing in life that Moses could have wanted he could not have had. Period. So you and I need an example. You and I need to look at something we can understand and apply it to our life today, right now. How many of you have ever heard of or seen the game show on TV, Let's Make a Deal? A lot of the older generation may have. It's kind of an older program. Some of the younger ones may not have seen it. The host of the show would come on and he'd give a prize to somebody. Maybe a nice prize, maybe a small prize, but then he'd make them an offer. You can trade that prize for another prize. And it may be a bigger prize. It may be a smaller prize. It may be of more value or smaller. 
You didn't know what the next one was going to be. You knew what you had right then. But there was a chance it could be more valuable. That was the basis of the game show. Right now, this morning, let's assume that I have the ability to do what I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to make you an offer. Everybody that drove a car to church this morning, I'm going to make you an offer right now. I'll give you $100,000 for your car. Don't throw your keys at me. Better believe it. I can start me a car lot real quick. That would be $100 bills. Most everybody's seen a $100 bill. That would be 50 $100 bills banded together. That's $5,000. That'd be 20 stacks. I think my math is right. If it's not, correct me. That's more money than I've ever seen in my lifetime. If I was able to give you that offer right now and to back it up, there's not a one of you would not accept that offer. Not a single one of you. Sounds good, doesn't it? A lot of the times the offers we hear in the world today are too good to be true, folks. Too good to be true. It doesn't matter what the offer is, how good it sounds, there are consequences as a result of whatever decision you make. Say you take that $100,000. First thing, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to tithe that $100,000. There's a tenth off the top. That leaves $90,000 left to you. After you tie the tenth of the $100,000, you've got ninety left. Uncle Sam comes along, he gets half. That's $45,000. That's $45,000 more than I had, Pastor. We're not done yet. What did you give me in exchange for that money? You gave me your car. What do you have to have? You've got to get another car, don't you? Tell me where you're going to find a car for less than $20,000 brand new right now. All human beings are the same. When we've got extra money and more money than we're used to having, we'll buy and spend more than we're used to doing. We'll go out and get a better car than we had, and we'll justify it. Oh, I've got the money now, I can spend it. So you'll go out and you'll pay $25,000 for a new car. That leaves you, you $20,000 less. Well, you got a brand new car. What do you got to do with a brand new car? You got to put insurance on a brand new car. It's going to take half. You may end up with $10,000 out of that $100,000. That's $10,000 more than I had, Pastor. Yeah, but the offer was for $100,000. All offers are not as good as they sound when you hear them. When you follow them out to their logical conclusion and end, they are not as good as they sound. But I'm not done yet. I'm offered, I offered you $100,000, every one of you. Put it in your hand. You've got it. I've got another offer for you. I've got a second offer. I'll give you a million dollars for your car. I'll give you one million dollars for your car. But you've got to do something. You've got to give me the hundred thousand back. You've got to give me the hundred thousand back. That's no problem, preacher. I'll swap you a hundred thousand for a million all day long. Not all. Not all. You've got to leave that car sitting in the parking lot. It becomes mine as of now. 
but you don't get the million dollars today. I'll give you the hundred thousand right now. The million dollars, you've got to wait a month. You've got to leave the car here. Give me the hundred thousand back, and you've got to wait a month to get the million. And you've got to be back here in this building in the house of God at 10 o'clock a month from now. It wouldn't take long for you to sit there and think, no problem. Here are the keys. I'll find me a way home, preacher. I'll find me a way. I'll make do for a month without a car. I'll find somebody to haul me around. I'll make arrangements. I'll do... I'll get back there to church in 30 days no matter what. I guarantee you, if you took that offer and you expected that million dollars a month from now, when I walked in that back door, every single one of you would be sitting here at 10.30 a.m. that Sunday morning waiting on me to get to the house of God. It's a no-brainer. It's worth it. The deal would be worth it. The offer would be worth it. Now let's just examine and analyze for just a few minutes the offers I've put out to you, okay? We've got to understand it for the example to work. First offer was a good offer, wasn't it? But it paled in comparison to the second offer, didn't it? $100,000 sounds good, but compared to a million, everybody knows that a million's a whole lot more than 100000 right? It's a great offer, $100,000 for your car. But it's even better to get a million for it. Hey, even if you have to wait a month, even if you have to go to the inconvenience of not having a vehicle for an entire month, it's worth the offer. But now understand, when you accept the second offer, you reject the first one. We clear on that? When you accept the second, you reject the first one. The first offer was immediate. $100,000 right now. You walk out of here with it this morning. But you're going to reject that. You're going to trade that for an offer for a whole lot more, but you have to wait a little while on it. That second offer, it requires a little bit of effort, a little bit of inconvenience on your part. First offer, you know, it's immediate. But the second one's going to take a little bit longer. Still a no-brainer. The second offer is better, isn't it? Can we agree that the second offer is better? Raise your hand if you agree the second offer is better. Without a doubt, it's better. It's better. Now let's leave the world of make-believe. Let's leave the world of fiction. Let's get back into reality where you and I live. The world that you and I live in right now. The devil is making you an offer right now. Satan is making you an offer right now. He is offering you immediate pleasure, gratification, and rewards right now. The lust of the flesh, the carnal desires of your body, the lust of the eyes, material gain and prosperity, the pride of life, fame and renown. Same temptations that he sent against Christ in Matthew 4, in Mark 1, in Luke 4, in John chapter 2. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He's giving you that offer right now. And it's immediate. It's immediate. And it requires no effort on your part. Requires no effort whatsoever. Requires no discipline on your part. 
If it feels good, then do it. If it looks good, then grab it. If it sounds good, go for it, the devil says. Right now, don't hesitate. What did I read in verse 25? What did I read in verse 25? The pleasures of sin for a season. That's the devil's offer. The pleasures of sin for a little season. You go out and you eat whatever you want. You eat all the pork you want and you take a big old half gallon tub of salt and you pour on it and you eat to your heart's content. You go home and you eat all the sugar you want. You eat all the carbs you want. You go home and you consume everything and anything you want, whatever time of the day you want to do it, and you sit on the couch and do nothing. You have that offer. You can do that. You can go take every illegal drug known to mankind. You can go to the liquor store and you can drink alcohol of any kind to your heart's content. You have the free will offer. You can do that. You can go out and you can live any immoral way, promiscuous, get in all matter of sexual immorality. You are free to do that. But each and every one of those things will kill you. There are consequences to each decision you make in your life. The devil's offer doesn't sound so good, does it? If it looks good, grab it. If it sounds good, go for it. There are consequences. There are consequences that have to be paid. But God is making you a second offer this morning. God's making a counter offer this morning. God is sitting upon His throne in glory. And he says, I will give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. God says, I will allow you to live in bliss. Not to experience joy or happiness or paradise. God said, I'll let you live in it. It will be in you and you in it. In just a short little span of time. When I come to take you out and take you into heaven. No end for eternity. Forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. But God says there are some things that I will require. I will require some effort and some discipline on your part for my offer. I will require faithful service from you. I will require faithful attendance in my house from you. I will require that you resist temptation. I will require that you endure persecution until the time that I come for you. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now when you read that, it reads kind of funny to the ears. The wages of sin is death. According to grammatical structure and the way we're supposed to write and talk in our language, that should read the wages of sin are death. 
because wages is plural. So you should use the word are. That's the plural that you're supposed to use with it. You're not supposed to use wages and sin and is because is is singular. God did that for a purpose. It's not grammatically correct in our language, but it is to God. The wages of sin is death. There's only one reward for sin. And it only takes one sin for you to get it. Death. 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 Eternal separation from God. Forever and forever and forever in hell. That's the devil's offer. That's the first offer. But the gift of God, the offer of God is, is, is. There's not but one. There's not but one way. There's not but one gift. There's not but one that earned it. There's not but one that bought it. There's not but one that made the way. And that's Jesus Christ. That's why it says eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Is. Right now. Right now. Immediate. No past, no present, no future, just is. Jesus is. What I'm wondering, what I'm wondering is why do people continually take the first offer over the second? Why do you and I continually choose to accept what the devil offers us and refuse what God has promised us? Now, we all agreed that when we were talking about the cars and money that the first offer was not as good as the second. We all agreed that the second offer was much better, even though we had to wait a little while, even though that we had to put in a little effort, even though we had to be a little bit inconvenienced. The second offer was much, much, much better. It's the same here. God's second offer is much, much, much better for the same exact reasons. Moses agreed with it. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. In other words, Moses says, God is better than anything that the world has to offer. God's offer, God's gift is better than what the devil can offer, than what the devil promises. Which offer will you choose this morning? And this isn't play acting. This isn't imagination. This isn't make-believe. The offers are on the table right now. They're right now on the table for you to select from. You can choose the first offer from the devil. Immediate gratification for just a little while, for just a small while, because everything that you choose has consequences and will end in death and ruin and will come to an end. God says, my offer doesn't expire. But you're going to have to put a little effort into it. You're going to have to wait for just a small season, just a short period of time. Which offer are you going to choose this morning? And I'm talking to every man, woman, boy, and girl in here. 
I don't care what you claim to be. I don't care how long you claim to be it. What I want to know and what I want to make sure of this morning is you take the right offer that's best for you. Don't sit there and look around at other people this morning. You look at yourself this morning. Examine yourself. Don't worry about what somebody else is going to say or think about you this morning. It doesn't matter what other people say or think. It matters what God says. Which offer have you chosen this morning? Preacher, it's not that easy. It's not as easy a choice as you make it out to be. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is. It's that simple. It's a personal choice. Do you want immediate gratification here? Or do you want joy that the Bible says half of which has never even entered into the heart of man? Never even begin to guess at the half of what God has in store for His people. But you're going to have to wait a little bit. You're going to have to put some effort into it. You're going to have to persevere. You're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to deal with a few inconveniences in this life, like persecution, like discipleship. You're going to have to work. There's not a one of you here. If I had the money to back up what I said as far as your car goes, you wouldn't take the million-dollar offer. You'd be crazy not to take the million-dollar offer. The spiritual offer, it's the same thing. It's exactly the same. Exactly the same. Ladies, come to the piano, please. This offer that God puts out there, the second offer, you may not have another opportunity to accept it. He may never speak to your heart again. He may never make the offer. You may walk out the door, never enter into the house of God. You may never ever be spoke to by God. It may be your last chance now, here, in the sound of my voice to accept God. And his offer. It's a no-brainer. The second offer is the better offer. The second offer is worth far more than the first. But it's up to you, the individual. It's up to you which offer you're going to choose this morning. And you'll make the choice. Preacher, I'm going to go home and think about it. No. When the altar call is concluded, when the service is dismissed, and the doors are shut behind us, God may not give the offer again to you. I wouldn't want to risk it. I wouldn't want to live in fear. I've been there. I've done that. 
I've done that. Take my word for it. You don't want to experience the fear that dwells within you until the next opportunity to accept God's offer. As everybody stands, everybody sings, which offer will you take this morning? You want to accept the devil's offer? Sit there and do nothing. You want to accept God's offer? Then you come up to this altar. We'll meet you. We'll pray with you. We'll talk to the master. He's already made the arrangements for the offer. He just wants you to come up here and accept it this morning. As we sing. We hope that you've enjoyed our podcast presentation. If you would like more information about the church or any additional podcast, please join us on the web at www.reedtowncommunitychurchpodcast.blogspot.com. That's spelled R-E-I-D-T-O-W-N, communitychurchpodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you and God bless.